I've got something stuck in my throat. <clears> throat> oh my god, it sounded big. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Speaking of chicken, here comes a chicken bone. Oh god, <laughs> I got ice cream stuck in my throat. Uh, baby, that's what you want. That's the good kind of stuck. <laughs> oh man, it's really in there. Oh, are you okay? Oh no, Alex, I'm dying. Oh no. This is my last words. My last words were the bumper for a podcast about. Okay, let's go quickly. Let's do it quickly. Let's do it quickly before you die. I just, I don't want to do it alone. Okay. Next episode is going to be me auditioning. Welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play through the HIO Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality. My name is Alex Honnett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. The HIO Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. Uh, this is episode 20, and we have played 56 of the 1,365 playable games in the bundle. Thank Woo. you for joining us today. Boom, we're, baby. We're getting there. We're getting there, Alex. Ooh. I'm feeling in stride. It's a, it is funny just to watch it tick up by three, because <laughs> I feel like I wasn't paying attention, and then it hit 50. I was like, holy shit. And now, ever since 50, it's been like, oh, it's just crawling along. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, if if you want to do like a, we should at some point have Brian Rodriguez McGovern back on and just try to play like 50 video games in a week. Like just <laughs> at some point, just go like, all right, we're, we're binging this, like do a real kind of uh, like almost like a fundraiser kind of like all nighter thing. So what's up, Eric? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. You know, chugging along and Biden's America. And- oh, baby uh you know I'm, i want for covid to be over but for now just playing a lot of video games honestly i'm just glad i can get back to brunch finally <laughs> brunch oh my god alex you really shouldn't be going out to brunch right now i'm going out to brunch he's going out to brunch what about you what's up to you um up i don't know you. man i i had the uh, little piece of rage this morning just the idea that uh, Governor Newsom is reopening a bunch of restaurants all over California. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, what are we doing, folks? Uh, we're yeah. like, this state is last in the country in terms of vaccinating people. It's like, has the highest number of COVID cases. LA is a fucking mess. Like, what what the fuck are we doing out here, man? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not pretty. It's called the suck. We're in the suck, folks. We're in the we're we're really much we're very much in the suck. Um, and we can do um one thing, and that is uh play video games. Yeah, I feel it is this is kind of like mystery science fiction theater three thousand a little bit of like <laughs> they're stuck inside their houses playing video games yeah. for the bundle. <laughs> it's really like, I mean. This is definitely like a uh, you know like an eighth graders dream of what a quarantine would be 
I mean, it rules. Don't get me wrong. I am having a blast. But yeah, I'm doing great. Absolutely. But it's almost like, like at this point, it's just sort of like, that's what it is. It's that's my escape. I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm descending into like some sort of video game tunnel. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of video game, speaking of video game tunnels, what are you distracting yourself with these days? Uh, Apex Legends, and I'm so bad at it. Dude, I love that you are playing the biggest, dumbest game of the season right now. People it's love this game. Big and dumb, and it was free, so I, I, and you know, we're kind of in it and goofing around and trying to kill people, and every once in a while doing okay, and most of the time just getting cut to pieces by bullets bullets what about uh, you, great. What you I'm, I'm back on my overwatch bullshit me oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah one of my college friends former guest matthew haddock uh for uh-huh. i mean uh bundle bb bundle bb uh, bundle bb uh, uh bundle lieber bundle lieber texted me and was like hey do you, you want to play overwatch and so <laughs> we, we got another friend together and we played for like an hour and a half and it was great i've been hop on the exercise bike and playing overwatch and it's a very rewarding fun experience is that threes or is it like three v three uh no, you, it's I think it's six v six. Oh, okay, uh, it could be five v five, but I uh, know it is six v six. Um, but it's such a fun, good, good game. It's so great. Man, maybe I'll get that too. I don't know, bro. If you do, I would love that so much. I don't think it has crossplay, unfortunately, but oh, it's mm. such a it's such a fun game. And mm. the thing about it too is, if you don't like shooters, there's other things you can do in there, which is fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Some updates from itch.io, everyone's favorite feature is back. Uh, Big Nasty Truck, who developed In My Friend Carrie's Car, uh, released a new interactive zine. Uh, their page is mostly sort of stuff like that. Um, but the title is Maybe I'll Figure It Out Next Month. Uh, or rather, that's the title of a zine that she uh, started in June 2018 and ended in June 2019. And it was very personal stuff. So they took them all down. So this is the 13th entry from there, um, and they're going to be releasing some of them every now and again from the vault. Uh, so, so check it out at bignastytruck.itch.io. Um, cool. Our fun game that we played a few months ago, Death and Taxes, won Best Estonian Game of 2020, which is cool. All right. Rad. <laughs> Very rad. Yeah, it's super rad. And then Super Bernie World developers Iniko, uh, they have a new game in development called Kitsune Tales, which is uh, about magic and queer romance. Uh, you run, jump, and dash across the land inspired by Japanese mythology and explore the complicated relationship between Kitsune and humans in this fallout that Super Bernie world. Um, cool. It looks, it's it's another like Mario clone, which is like fucking awesome. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Bring on, bring on more Mario clones. <laughs> Fun. In uh, other news, Eric and I were on a podcast this week with Sky Bear Games, the Sky oh. Bear Games podcast. So sweet. Those two are so great. They uh, built the game Nine Lives of Nim, which we really enjoyed uh, a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. and had us on to talk. Sort of the 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 basis of the conversation was on gaming nostalgia, and yeah, and we uh, really just sort of dragged it off the fucking rail. Yeah, for once, not having a uh, agenda in front of us or games to review, we just you know, <laughs> talked about whatever we wanted to for a while. Um, they also live in New Zealand, so uh, if you're listening from the states, New Zealand is in the future. Uh, in a land that does not have COVID. So it's, uh, I got very jealous talking to them. Yeah, they're only a day ahead, but it feels like they're years ahead. Wow. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's really great. Uh, yeah, we had so much fun. The Skyberry Games podcast. Give it a listen, give them a like and subscribe. And uh, they just sort of talk about fun stuff. So they're super cool. 
Uh, and you can find it at www.skybeargames.com or give them a follow on Twitter at SkybearGamesNZ. And they're gonna, we're going to have them on in a couple uh, a couple of weeks as well. We uh, recorded a podcast. <laughs> yeah, lost we totally, we totally the <laughs> beginning yeah. of the audio, which, uh, you know, we've only done twice in 20 episodes. So one out of 10 ain't bad, baby. Um, our guest this week on this episode is Mike Winand, uh, who is a podcaster and dear old friend of mine uh, from college. Uh, his podcast is called Four or Against. It's with him and Four Buds, and they talk about not necessarily what's up in the world, but just they decide if they're for or against stuff. It's great. It's a it's a really fun podcast. Um, it's yeah, we we get into it a little bit, but uh, they took a much broader route to the podcasting. Uh, yeah, exactly. Than we did. We really we were like, let's go narrow and niche, baby. Could not be more narrow and uh, more niche. Uh, than what we've got going on. Uh, the cause this week is ham. H a a m, pronounced like the pork product. Ham provides access to affordable healthcare for Austin's low-income working musicians with a focus on prevention and wellness. Many Austin musicians are self-employed and have no access to health insurance or basic healthcare. They often work multiple jobs and struggle to pay for food, clothing, and shelter with nothing left for healthcare. Uh, Ham has helped over 5,600 musicians access over $98 million in healthcare value since they began in 2005. Uh, These include routine dental work, doctor visits, prescriptions, uh, psychiatric counseling sessions, eye exams, outpatient procedures, specialist referrals, and hearing screens, and more. Um, Mike lives in Austin, and uh, I don't know if I made an episode, but talks about how much he loves it there and how wonderful it is. And, you know, music yeah. is such a huge part of that scene. Big um, part of that scene, yeah. So uh, this is super important, super cool. Very, very uh, wonderful cause. So uh, we've donated. Uh, if you donate and send proof to Bundle under or Bundle Buddies podcast, at gmail.com. Uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Mm-hmm. 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 Here we go. Here's the app. <laughs> Lots of good dongs out here, too. <laughs> hey, whatever you're into, they got it. <laughs> they got the best ones. Uh, top dog city baby that's a life for you mm-hmm. we go over to pink dongs yeah we're All gonna right. pick these get another <laughs> hot dongs <laughs> um we're already recording so the app's already oh, good. Oh, is it? <laughs> I'm going to all the choice wow. material, all the choice wow. dong chat. Um, Mike, thank you so much for doing Bundle Buddies. Uh, Mike is a very dear old friend of mine, a friend of over 15 years from is that the so? college days. Yeah. That yeah. checks out. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you on. He's also the host of his own podcast, uh, one of four hosts, uh, For or Against, a wonderful weekly podcast where it's four old friends. Asking the tough questions and giving each other a hard time, which is always fun to hear. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we're exploring um, theories of whether or not the the main host, my dear friend Mike McFadden, has a soul or not because he's (laughs) against music. Uh, (laughs) So that's been a running theme the last few episodes. I remember in college, I went to this seminar and it was like an anarchist seminar. But it was t- it was like sort of being run by two people that didn't really know what they do- were doing. Like maybe they had read a book or two or something like that. And one of them was just like, 
you know, like in the future, in the anarchist utopia, like we won't need music anymore. And everybody <laughs> in the audience just sort of went like, huh. <laughs> like I'm pretty no. sure everybody who showed up there loved music, right? Like nobody gets into anarchy anymore unless they like love music. That's the intro, know. man. Like the Sex Pistols <laughs> anarchy in the UK is like, that's when you first hear about the entire concept of anarchy. Yeah. It's like, well, that thing that you love, we won't need it anymore because there will be no conflict anymore. And so music <laughs> is only derived from conflict. <laughs> I, well, People okay. would be like, this stuff has tension in it and I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Mike is different. So Mike, there are two types of people in the world. There are dreamers and there are doers. And Mike is like 100% the greatest doer I've ever met. So this podcast was his idea. He put it together. I'm just an ancillary side character uh, NPC um, to this this adventure (laughs) that he's going on. He's also... Uh, you know, he plays music. He's he's a, he's a musician himself. <laughs> he is making a video game tentatively called Northbound about two estranged brothers who are loons trying to make it to the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Whoa. He's doing all these things at once, but he doesn't play video games. And he doesn't particularly enjoy music. <laughs> he's a doer. Like he only and he does this podcast, too. So. Uh, although he does listen to podcasts, so so he's a good guy. And and Rob, uh, Eric, who you know uh, from way mm-hmm. back, is a, is a beautiful friend of mine. And then our friend Patrick uh, Lothian as well, who who I think uh, there's some circles there too that you guys might know. What tell us about uh, uh, video games? What uh, where'd you start? What was your first love as far as video games? Yeah, I've been I've been uh, uh, I've played a lot of video games and a lot of different uh, formats. Uh, my first experience with video games, my Dad had bought an NES so he could play Tetris when I was like three, and he uh, beat it. And I guess when you end, when you win Tetris, like a rocket ship goes off, and he used one of like he used a one of those gigantic over-the-shoulder recording uh, uh, <laughs> video recorders to record it for me, and uh-huh. then woke up my three-year-old self, my seven-year-old. Brother, like, Look what I did. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's my very first memory of a video game. I had wow. no idea what was going on. But yeah, we were an NES family. Uh, I did a lot of that. Um, uh, and then uh, PC gaming. I never had the I never had the um, the graphics cards necessary to play games that had come out within the previous three or four years. Yeah. Um, and then some accessibility issues, which we're going to get into later in the pod. Um, so I would actually pick up the from like Target or Walmart or whatever. You could pick up like these CD-ROMs that are like 5,000 games in one or like 10,000 <laughs> yeah. games in one. Uh, and they'd just be like these awful, awful pixelated games. But I would play all of them for like hours. I had a, uh, I had one that was like a monkey that was you had to like throw a banana. Like, you know, the game Worms that eventually came out. It was like yeah, yeah. a very, very early precursor to that. Like, can you get the angle and trajectory correctly? And the monkey like threw a banana at another monkey. And it was like whoever I I played that game yeah, <laughs> could hit yeah. it. Just like super, super, like <laughs> you only knew it was a banana because they said like throw banana, but it was just like a yellow pixel basically traveling across the screen. God, so like, I don't want to think about how many hours I played in those things, but this bundle is a lot like these games. Yeah, so like yeah. this brought so me amazing. back to that life. Those like yeah. what you're talking about is like that thing got completely replaced by flash games. You know, on the exactly. Internet. So like exactly. 
there were these companies that just existed to pump out these shitty CDs of like <laughs> thousands of games. It doesn't have to be good. Yeah. It just Technology. we just have to make one thousand exactly so on, on the cover. Yeah. People are wondering why the nineties were so prosperous. <laughs> Jobs like that still exist. <laughs> Make six games a day, yeah. yeah what I played so much was like you were you were playing Capture the Flag in like a, at a summer camp, but it was oh, all pixelated fun. Capture the Flag. And oh. I probably put in a hundred hours into that game. That sounds. I love Capture the Flag. Just generally, separate from like video games and everything, I love like Capture the Flag. Was we would do this. Um, like family reunion where our cousins all got together and it was all like second cousins. So like my, and it was just like the only time we saw each other. And so for maybe 10 years, it was just capture the, like we would play like 48 hours straight of capture the flag. And we were like chugging Mountain Dew and running like miles and miles at a time. <laughs> it's like hiding a workout, and shit. Oh my God. It was capture incredible. The flag is, it's the perfect like combination. It's like chase jump, like very <laughs> relying on like landscape. There's uh -huh. tag in there too. You might be able to do it socially distanced. I don't know, man. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in a way, aren't isn't what we're playing right now just a giant game of tag? With the uh, wow. Um, wow! I played uh, Halo again recently, like Halo Two, with our buds because uh, it's on Game Pass, and we were playing Capture the Flag on that. And that game is so strongly nostalgic, and also like the fighting mechanic feels so dated. Have you, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if yeah, you've yeah. done any like first person shootery sort of stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah that like you just the physics are so wild you're flying around I you have to like, like remember the you can like turn some of those graphic like glitches into like moves like really good oh, players yeah. could like know like oh if you hide behind here no one can hit you and that really pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 uh you're playing these massive cd roms of, of games <laughs> And that's you know roughly like the the you know that your late teens or something like that before uh, earlier than that I think because then after that I got into like there were like websites like Game Hippo and stuff where like indie gamers would like upload them and like you could download like a demo or whatever so like yeah I have a lot of experience of playing like half baked games that some of these <laughs> games on this bundle are uh, but some of them are really good yeah so so it, it brought me back for sure there was some nostalgia. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, did you? Okay, so after like big dumb CD-ROM games, uh, <laughs> what uh, did you get a system after that, or did you? Yeah, have you yeah. had like systems and stuff. I think I'm one of the only people who did the research between the N64 and the Sega Saturn and got the Sega Saturn instead. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, that was one of my uh, my least <laughs> proud moments. But then a year later, I did get it in sixty four, so I had one of those. And then on PC, I played a lot of uh, turn like a lot of point and clicks. I'm a big point and click head, so like yeah. Monkey Island was in was in my heart. Grim Fandango, I beat that game oh, unassisted, sweet. which probably took a year like a literal year um yeah and then now i'm a i'm a uh i'm a playstation boy for life now uh, oh okay so don't mike have the five yet just waiting it out waiting it out mike and then i got i got alex hooked to skyrim yep, um, so you're the guy like, alex has talked about guy. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> i knew what i was doing i was your pusher man i knew what i was doing because we the same thing had out, happened to me we were going out to like a bar or something that night and then i came over and like oh i'll hop in the shower you know you can play scar if you want to and i picked it up and then like cut to four hours later we didn't go to the bar we just <laughs> the first taste is free man 
But then you bought a TV the next day. I went. I had just gotten my bonus check from work. I, I literally went to Best Buy, bought a, a flat screen TV. I had an old tube TV before then, and a PS3 and Skyrim. And then Colin's sick to work for three days. So, <laughs> we worked Saturday, together at the time. Monday, exactly. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like didn't go to work. Just played Skyrim. Oh, wow. It was incredible. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of those huge open world games. So that. I think my favorite game of all time is either Red Dead Redemption or Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, okay. So yeah. not the new one. No, Redemption 2 is, is uh, really, really great. Okay. what's yeah. So you're, I feel like some people were turned off by like how detailed and into it you could get. Do you like, how do you like approach those big, big, big games? You surrender yourself. Alex can know. <laughs> like the Skyrim and stuff, you just have to be like, this is my life now. I am going to spend the 30 hours or whatever it takes to get the green glass armor that will then become obsolete once I learn that once I meet this next guy like that's just part of it it's escapism your priorities completely change do you do you like play poker and stuff like that in Red Dead uh yeah yeah you can play I would play poker so much faster in a game than I would in real life with my friends also, the stakes Mike, are so much lower guys who really loved Gwent, right? Like in which Gwent is real fun. Oh, yeah, big yeah. fan of Gwent. I was huge, huge Gwent head. I Wish definitely like had a, the flu or something and just sort of like spent a day playing Gwent and collecting all the Gwent cards. I loved it. Yeah, so like last word if when we jump into it, that's got some similarities to it where you're like no getting to learn characters and talking to characters and then mm. playing this game with them. Oh yeah, strong disagree, but I think, Mike, if if I could be so bold, since you're our guest who I know kind of well, you just love adventure and that sort of immersive, like, yeah, I do either a story or like a a world in which you can completely lose yourself, whatever it might be. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, like for me, the value in games is is storytelling Mm. or escapism, and some games can do both. Like yeah. I'll play Battlefield Five, which I will admit is a terrible game, but it's very easy to escape yourself in like a first-person shooter like that because you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and you can die a thousand times and nothing matters. Uh, um, and I've so those playing... are the two things I balance when I look for a game. We just started doing uh, Apex Legends. Just like haven't played a first-person shooter since probably like Gold and I basically, yeah, yeah. and now I'm like in i'm never going to be able to i'm not i'll never be able to beat a 12 year old because the 12 year old got like you know eight years of experience yeah (laughs) Yeah. their fingers are just so fast (laughs) and they're always quipping at me talking to me in my headphones and i'm trying to turn it down oh i turn that off immediately Uh, Although it's fun to play like FIFA and stuff against people in other countries. They'll yell at you in languages that you didn't know existed. That's kind of fun. Uh, But yeah, I think that that, uh, the balance between that fantasy and then the just sort of like wanting to kind of get good and like feel like you're experting something, like you're becoming, you know, mastering something or like even becoming more than just a beginner is is yeah. I think a real fun experience there's something to be said about the 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 joy or satisfaction you feel when your um your kd ratio goes above one you're like, <laughs> i'm better than half the people here all right <laughs> oh, yeah. 
like shonen anime where it's like you know you have the main character and they become better by increments every episode until like by the end they're just undefeatable incredible yeah beast eric and i will never get there but maybe top there's no (laughs) it's uh i'm still uh still aiming for bottom quarter (laughs) 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 and once i get out of that bottom quarter baby it's gonna be all worth it (laughs) It is funny. I picked up Overwatch again because of uh, sort of what you were saying the other episode, talking about Apex Legends. Oh, and, yeah. And I love that game, but already I can feel the toxicity rising inside of me in a way that, like, it does it when I'm not engaging with those kinds of games or that kind of world. Just like, what the what the hell? Everyone on this team sucks except for me. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe oh, I yeah. again. Yeah, no, that was definitely, I'm getting there with Rocket League where I'm, like, playing in the queues and stuff like that. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like you missed that ball. Like it, I, I need to get out of it. It's nice when I, it's nice when I'm just so oh shitty. God. I'm so shitty at Apex Legends that it's like it doesn't matter. It's just like oh yeah, I ran around, <laughs> I shot like ninety shots and I hit twice and then I, I got, got killed. Two kills, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would love to get two kills. <laughs> I'm just like I'm so bad at this point that it feels so good. Like I'm like I don't care. <laughs> I'm a dum dum. <laughs> I like this gun. Uh, <laughs> Eric, have you decided whether or not they are giant cars or tiny little RCs? Oh my god! All game? right, all right. New theory is they are giant cars, like cars, unbelievable. So like you bigger and I will than actual, bigger than actual cars. These things are huge. The ball even larger, and you're playing on you're playing on uh, on planets, and the entirety of the planet is the Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> that is a unique take. Yeah. Takes over yeah. planets, become Rocket League, like locations. In order to like to actually engineer one of these cards, it's like those sort of uh, the mechs in <laughs> what's that movie where they can like walk into the body of the robots and and use the robots. Real so steel. It's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Except the entire like, industrial complex is designed to build one car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, you're thinking of Pacific Rim. Real Steel is. The, oh, you're. Uh, Real Steel is the uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman vehicle. Oh yeah. Oh, that we watched. We watched yeah. at some point in this quarantine. It, it imagines uh, mech fighting as boxing, and the most popular sport in the world is uh, robot boxing. <laughs> and then a child teaches his robot how to. <laughs> and the, like the middle shit like the the ringside show is like the child dancing with the robot it's great. oh my god <laughs> there oh. might be a game tie-in with that i think there might be a game for that game there's that gotta movie. be and i'm sure it's incredible like, <laughs> if only that game had come out during like the ps2 era then there would have been like some kind of really shitty like <laughs> knockoff skinned game for that <laughs> That would have been nice. Yeah. I used to play the Lord of the Rings uh, PS2 games, and those were pretty fun. They were like... Um, oh, like you run around and like slash stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. not like the God of War games, you know, except yeah. it, it would be... Um, each level would be a specific event that where people would like run at you. It was kind of like a, a d- defense game, a tower defense game, a little bit. It was great. Yeah, I definitely but watched I friends play that game, and it looked mm-hmm. real fun. I don't I think, think I've watched you play that game. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, what other big immersive world games have you gotten into, Mike? What's like uh, one? What's one that's just like that makes you maybe like 
you feel a little bit of shame about spending too much time inside of grim fandango is like okay, yeah we're going back to grim fandango wild maybe. right of how long that takes uh and how it's impossible like they write out like you cannot win this game without looking it up on the internet like that's uh-huh. part of it like yeah. the challenge of it but like the fact that they were able to build this world it's about the four stages of uh, like mesoamerican underworld after you die okay. and going through that journey and like that was the first game where it was like here's i'm teaching you something about like other cultures and like a whole world and hmm. they did a fabulous job so all those lucas arts games are really good there's this game that sold 50,000 copies but was the pc game of the year in 1996 i think called dust which okay. was so old that um like instead of instead of pixelated characters they had photographs that would like like oh, uh, wow, yeah flip from one to another while you're talking to people but that was the first game i had ever heard of where it was like an open world where you could talk to people and make choices and your choices had consequences um and that's like uh, an fmv game. game what it's yes. like an fmv game yeah yeah exactly like that but like uh if you can find a copy of that game i probably paid that like played that like 15 game 15 times but i'm sure there's no computer on earth that could actually boot that game <laughs> you could probably play it on only your microwave <laughs> on my smart fridge yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man i finally figured out dust on my toaster exactly that'd be so perfect you could go for a midnight snack and then you just stop at the, uh, the fridge play it dust for a few hours camille's getting so pissed at me because she's trying to make toast but i'm trying to play dust it's a good game man uh, i got real excited for cyberpunk right like we all did oh uh, did you get I, it did you buy it well i don't have a five so i oh, bought okay. it for four and i have yet to boot it up because everyone oh, you didn't talks even, about how you didn't terrible even... it is well you should so it it's sitting there like i've got it four is supposed to be uh the cyberpunk on the ps4 is supposed to be the most broken version of the game so yes, you can it, yes, really like... experience like the horror of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only thing I need that in my life. The only thing about it I've read that I really like is that people, someone was like, look, in six months or whatever, this game will be like up to snuff and good. Like it, it's not like No Man's Sky where they just can't possibly Never got good. promise. Right, exactly, of what it was. But for right now, we need to enjoy how fucked up this game is. <laughs> how broken it is. Like, we may never encounter something like this again, you know? Well, uh, it's a like question that. about, like, gaming culture. And, like, Completely. people were yelling at them to make this game for yeah. seven years. And then eventually they just gave into the pressure to make, push push the game out. And uh, then everybody is upset about it. It's it, yeah. But, yeah, it really it does feel like one of those, like, lose-lose situations where it's just, like... There's this bandwagon. This bandwagon has started, and you're not going to be able to get out of it unless yeah. you like, because it's just like it wasn't ready. I, and they spent a hundred million or two hundred million dollars making it or whatever. They'll make ugh. it back. But like, like people got real mad at at Rockstar, rightfully so, I think, for like making people work, you know, ninety hours a week to make sure yeah. that Red Dead Redemption Two was done. But when that game was done, that game was perfect. Right. Um. So they should have waited until the game was perfect, and if like. They still would have made their money back it, just because people are yelling at you now like they're gonna yell at you they should have known they're gonna yell at you if the game's yeah. broken yeah so it, it is uh, uh honestly very sad weird thing. yeah One of the things that i like about the like the bundle in general is just how it feels like when you're playing these games you're not participating in that aspect of the culture quite as much right? no so this is 
this, these are passion projects from like small companies or, or, you know, ideas that were allowed to like sort of fully be realized. And it feels that way. It's really fun. Like to just it check is. out these things as opposed to something like cyberpunk where it's like, there are so many systems built on top of things. It's such, so complicated. And at the same time, like clearly was made under, you know, sweatshop conditions. Yeah, really. You know, the question is, are they going to make, big expansive games like that that everyone agrees are like a work of art but is it just too much is the infrastructure not there to make these and is it not going to be profitable for them how much bigger can they get i keep on wondering that of like you know like what like past past this point you know like some of these games i'm afraid to pick up just because it's like i don't have the kind of time it takes to be able to like dedicate to like understand it to unlock as much as this as i'd like to sure like What's next? You know, where do we go from from something like Cyberpunk in six months? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if anything's out there right now, but I'm sure somebody's working on something. You know, Rockstar's working on Grand Theft Auto Six. I'm sure that's going to be something wild. Who knows? Oh yeah. Um. I. You know, the thing is though, how? Because I've played a bit of like uh like online GTA Five, and I played a bit of Red Dead Redemption, and I feel like some of the the choices outside of like big story stuff and like you know delightful mechanics like i you know the sort of open world aspects the way that you interact with those most of the times they're kind of boring to me where it's just sort of like the idea is that it's big and you can interact with that stuff but what it's really what it really is is just sort of like a kind of like normal sort of central narrative game and then like a sea of tiny mini kind of like half fun games that are 100 yeah. percent baked right it's just like it's like di- the difference between like we can find like half baked games in the bundle that are still super fun to play right where it's just sort of like somebody kind of took a weird swing here but i'm having a good time and then like sometimes you know i'm trying to think of like in gta 5 like the mechanic of like buying a drink at a club or running around is like oh that's kind of fun but it's like how much of a like game is this yeah like how how does it really like improve my experience playing this game yeah but no one stopped to ask should we do this, is this cool? <laughs> exactly we have the ability it's like it. You can take out your vacuum cleaner and clean the entire club. <laughs> well, fuck! I, I should probably clean my house if I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just as no fun as cleaning the house. It's just like uh, in GTA Five now, you can become the mayor so that you can up street cleaning service. <laughs> I remember in GTA Three, like you could work out and get real buff but it would take like a while like 20 minutes and i could go do that for my own body for 20 minutes but i never thought to do that once so mike we, we touched on some of the your faves uh what are some all-timers that maybe like your favorite games of all time that we haven't mentioned or, or things that you absolutely love and adore uh i really love um games like city world city building games like mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna get back into Sim City uh, a little bit. Those are really fun. That's I think um, was there a Sim City '96 or something like that, yeah. or like oh, I love like that, or the Windows '95 like Sim City was. 
I spent so much time inside I mean, of that. Shit. Speaking of like running from air and up in street cleaning, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you can do, literally do that. I think the, the later ones get really complicated where you like have to like run for election and stuff, which is like kind of challenging. And if you don't make it, like you have to watch somebody else build the city <laughs> for like 20 turns. <laughs> I don't know if that mechanic exists, but I think it should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's really great. And then uh, I really enjoy playing online FIFA sometimes when I'm really angry with myself. I know you guys talk about uh, NBA uh, a lot on this. On this, uh-huh. I haven't heard you guys talk a lot about the the FIFA verse because that is a whole world. I should, you know, I'm I'm ready for it. I, you know, it's I loved it. I think my first, the PlayStation, I got that like early FIFA 99 or something like that. But I feel like I like sports games a ton just because it's, uh, I don't know. Like the rules are just sort of there and it's right there constantly going. It's like, here we go. It's sports. You know what you're doing. Here we go. Opposite of life. You know what you're doing. Here we go. You know what you're doing. Uh, do you do a lot of FIFA? Is that like your unwind kind of like brain off sort of game? Yeah, either that or like a first person shooter that I like would be like that's the escapism side rather than the storytelling side. Uh, I've gotten it- actually pretty good at FIFA. Um, I th- I feel like um, I'm not one of the best, but like I'm good enough where I win most of the time, and and that's rewarding. <laughs> that's great. That's great. It's it's great to win. Here we go. Talking about the games we played this week. Um, the first game, uh, first of all, Mike, you got, uh, I think, three, like, pretty complete games. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, at least in my mind, this is one of the best weeks we've had in terms of the three games. Um, so I'll be interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, it's up there with, like, the Jonah uh, Cooper episode in terms of just, like, yeah, you know, good, Just quality, good quality playable yeah, sort of like, games. Yeah. Uh, the first game we played, out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. First game we played was Last Word uh, by Merlin Desi or Merlandes, uh, an alternate history pixel art puzzle JRPG made in Construct 2. I'm going to start saying the uh, game engine that they used to make it if they have it. So I was just uh, checking out Construct 2 a little bit. It looks pretty cool. Uh, description Photographer Rudy Goship attends a prestigious get together at the residence of the impressive professor Chet Chatters. Members of the party are veteran conversationalists, each trying to gain subtle power over one another. The mood shifts when Woody and the others discover the professor can get the last word in every conversation by his miraculous invention. Dastardly. Last word is an unconventional JRPG. Battle sophisticated guests using the mannerisms of speech as weapons. Collect topics by gossiping to unlock mysteries. Drink wine. The night is young and no one can leave until the devious professor Chatter says so. Can Woody and Seymour overcome the power of the professor's amazing machine? Or will they succumb to the saucy banter of the motley aristocrats around them? Don't hesitate in getting the last word. Yeah. Mike, you... Uh, so, alright, this is a game where you're you're walking around through a house... Like it's a, a mansion, yeah, like a giant, like a clue, like yeah, like mansion, and uh, and you're chatting with folks, and it's sort of turn-based combat, uh, but with conversation. Repertoire as the combat, yeah. Exactly. yeah. You're trying to you're trying to outsmart one another, out out talk one another. Mike, what was uh, what was your experience with this? So uh, I um, so it is a JRPG. Um, I think it took a little while to get into it because I don't play a ton of JRPGs. I think my experience with JRPGs are 
primarily around like Persona 5. Sure. Um, so, you know, getting into that mechanic took a little bit of time. But I'm I do have a soft spot for for steampunk. There's a little bit of steampunk uh, layers in here. I think the the um, graphics here are fun and and the mechanics are fun. The combat style. So the combat style is is talking to people using either aggressive, subtle, or no aggressive, submissive, or disruptive yeah. conversation tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely takes at least yes. for me anyway five or six turns to figure out how to be all good at this game yeah Mm -hmm. there there are rules that are in there that take a while to figure out for sure yeah so i can see how people would be completely turned off by this game immediately uh, because there is like a level of of you have to commit yourself to to trying this um there's also some other mechanics where like the mystery part where like at the same time you're solving playing these combats with these people, you're like learning about their lives and learning about how they're interacting with one another. And that by doing so, you get bet you get like like perks for your for your discourse, I think is what the combat is called. Uh-huh. But there is a lot of that dialogue, like a There's lot a of time. Lots yeah. of and dialogue, yeah. So like it, it, that's a lot of pressing inner to get through some of these conversations. Yeah, but I will say I'll, I'll I'll start here at with although it is very dense. I'm gonna call this a play. Oh, you're already you're already I, you've I jumped. It, you've, we're in. Mike's just operating from like all cards are on the table. This oh, is he, he's a shot from half court, baby. He sunk it. <laughs> this is a play for me. for me because it's all about. It's not like my show where we're trying to convince each other. Uh, it is a this one's a play for me. I'm gonna I will play it again. Yeah. Um, but there is. There is you, it. It demands your attention really w- differently than I think some of these other games that we're going to talk about. Uh, what about you, Alex? Uh, I mean, you know me, baby. Like <laughs> this is like an unconventional JRPG. Uh, the 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 art style is so nice and charming and interesting and feels it's fun to sort of interact and just like look at this world. Um, the individual people uh, that they, they are sort of in the conversations, they pop up as like a figure, like sort of a fully formed figure. But when you're just walking around, the actual sprites are like just one solid color, which makes sense because I bet they didn't want to just try to draw out the pixel art that was going to be very specific for these people, but they couldn't do it. But I found that kind of distracting. I was bu- a little bummed out about that, even though I applaud them at making a choice that obviously saved them a ton of time and uh, maybe made the game more playable. The, the battle system is uh wild really strange it takes a while to figure it out because so essentially you're working with these two uh like meters that you're trying to pump up one of them is power which you get by um having uh disruptive things which will raise your power and then you want to uh by being subtle you can convert that power into uh tact and then use tact to be aggressive so it's this con and meanwhile at the bottom of the screen, there is this weird meter that is tracking how many spaces you are to having either the last word in the conversation or your opponent having the last word. So you're yeah, constantly almost playing. like a tug of war. Exactly, yes. you're you're playing this battle between trying to move the conversation forward to get in the last word, um, or uh, while raising these power meters, uh, using different like skills that you learn from conversations that you can buy with experience, which will affect the board in different ways. 
which is interesting when you kind of map over that as a conversation it gets kind of fun and you you the the battle system has a rhythm like a conversation where I found myself being like, aha, if I uh, am disruptive twice, I'll move forward and then I'll be within the, the final reach of being able to, with two aggressive moves, like do this. And I've noticed they don't ever use power in this moment. So I can, you know, you come to understand your opponent, you can do these things. So there was like a weird pattern and rhythm to it that like, while, you know, didn't do a one-to-one map of conversation, like definitely had conversational elements of like, yeah. Well, like sort of patterns of speech and stuff like that. Um, so I, uh, like Mike, uh, really enjoyed this game and can find myself coming back to it. Having said that, you are very right. It's very dense figuring out these these clues to something um, that, like, I don't really care that much about. I'm not really right. that interested in what the story is. And another thing, the art style is very sort of cartoonish and pixely and cute. Everyone is so mean to each other. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like I was playing this cute game that uh, where everyone was so fucking vicious. It really just trashing on you. Completely, it's incredible disconnect between the way the game like looks and the way it read, sort of. Um, so there was that element going on for me too, where I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you know that this is." So mean, and it definitely takes a while to get the hang of it. But I, I was really enjoying myself, Eric. What do you think? I, so I think that there was like an in, initial thing where like the pun based, like the the thickness of of wordplay and puns kind of just laid on top. We played uh, like Verdant Skies uh, last week, right? And that was a game that had puns in it, but they were only as like achievements or something. And so there's something I, I feel more and more as we play through this bundle like an aversion to like front and center wordplay as like it's like almost baked into the writing style mm-hmm. of this and i and it's making me more and more frustrated the more we, and, <laughs> we play through this bundle where it's like i, I you know and and it it often comes hand in hand with like a verbosity in the writing style of the game, right? In terms of how much gameplay I'm going to get and how much reading I'm going to do. And maybe that, maybe there's a little bit for me of like, uh, (laughs) you know, just sort of like when we play, when we play some of these games, there's that like initial kind of like, am I attracted to this or am I unattracted to this? And this was like from out the gate, I was like, mm, 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 like that just sort of like, like, you know, kind of cilantro sort of thing, right? Reaction. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like really good. And for me, it was just like mm, a little bit of like soap on the tongue kind of feeling. And then the battle style, I think is so funny because like something in like Pokemon or like, you know, your, your typical JRPG um, where it's like, it's taking this very simplified version in order to kind of make an accessible version of something that is supernatural, right? Like, like the ability to shoot powers or like mm-hmm. hit somebody with a sword. And it's actually doing the inverse of that in this game, right? It's like taking these like very stripped down versions in order to do like a normal everyday activity like that like yeah. talking and banter and i to me that was like no <laughs> like, I, I want like i i think that like those mechanics are good for like silly fighting stuff because it 
it, it, it's like almost a weird direction, right? To like take these simplified mechanics in order to demonstrate something that is like, you know, physically maybe I'm incapable of. But, but like, here's where I disagree with you because uh -huh. these are these are conversations. Like for for me, this actually gave me something that I felt like I haven't had in a while of like being at a party and meeting someone where you're like, oh, you are interesting let's get into it you know what i mean like, <laughs> that conversation style that is as much you know like a not not aggressive but a a put on as it is you know like anything else like right now i'm just sitting around my house talking to my wife and then like you know there, there's really no artifice to anything that's going on right now no well, mike's here too um, <laughs> i don't know I, yeah exactly i mean right now that's exactly <laughs> i am all, like all no, no no but like in general like my life is not built around these kind of conversations not to say that i was ever in a situation where i was chatting with the aristocracy of this uh you know sort of <laughs> world we find ourselves in but um it reminded me of that of just like oh yeah when you're having a conversation with somebody you don't know and then they say say something, something a little acidic or kind of rude to you and you're like oh interesting okay let's go back and forth on that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm gonna play a submissive tone yeah. and that oh. way take some back some of the power yeah yeah, yeah. like i i enjoyed it like the the but the mechanics get even more challenging yeah, as you know. level up because there's these things that, like bows and the bows make it make it so that you get like buffs and, and advantages at the beginning or at the end of a, of an argument. And so like they fully anticipate you to like play many, many hours of this game. And also at some points in the game, like you're kind of stuck until you level up yeah. and the way to level up is just playing discourses over and over and over again. Yeah. Ones that you know, you're going to lose because you'll be like level six and somebody else will be level 14. And so that is, I'll tell you another tick to this game. Although I've already said that I'm a play <laughs> is, uh, is that you there, it does tend a lot like some are, uh, JRPGs I played does yeah, tend to baby. get pretty it repetitive. Do that JRPG, and you, you just got to farm baby. leveling. Grind. And as a 36-year-old man, <laughs> I don't have the time to like go into a fight I know I'm going to lose seven times in a row so that I can get enough experience points to go to the bartender to buy a bow that will then allow me to have a fancy what's, dress. What's so whatever. funny is that earlier we were talking about how I'm like, you know, I'm, I don't have time to you know play these games and uncover all these things. It's like, but I absolutely have time to <laughs> it's a grind there's some grinding in this game for sure so grindy it's so so grindy there is 100 grindy and it's not even particularly fun grinding once you get like the sort of pattern down um so i mean ultimately i think we've said quite a bit about this uh there is scandal uh and scandalous conversations abounds in this in this game very <laughs> interesting uh, for me personally i'm a play for sure uh i'm a sucker for uh interesting jrpg we've i, I don't know if you guys will hear the episode in a, a while for a while but we talk a, or actually no in the sky bear games podcast which just came out which you can hear um we talk a little bit about like turn-based rpgs and how like is that really still relevant anymore? You know, and a game like this, I think, is trying something different, and I respect that, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm definitely going to come back and try to beat this thing eventually. Although, honestly, the amount of grinding is probably going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I, um, I. Yeah, I'm. It's uh, these sort of like narrative, um, you know, like visual interactive narrative games. Um, 
I there has to be something in the writing, and I mean in terms of in terms of storytelling, that draws me in. And uh, this one didn't quite do it. And I, these mechanics, I think, I think we've we've been having some interesting discussions about like where does like like is the turn based fighting mechanic fun? And to me, like it is, but only if the like it is a means to get you in front of like goofy creatures and something like that. <laughs> and like, and, and I want that part of my imagination stretched for this. And I don't want like this sort of inverted, like internalized, how do I talk kind of method um, turned into this mechanic that we're already not quite sure if it's actually fun, <laughs> like a fun <laughs> mechanic anymore. So I think for this one, I'm a pass, even though I think I agree with you, Alex, it is a very interesting sort of experiment with the, um, with the mechanic and with the style and with the, the game. It's just a thing that's not quite for me. And, and Mike, I would love to give you the last word, even though you're- Oh, already- thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, Eric, all of your criticisms are totally valid. I yeah, can't, uh, I really can't fault any of them. Um, but I think it is a, like you said, it's very unique and it's very, like they really took a shot at this and they created a completely very different like battle style and i can totally see where some people will be like no thank you for me yeah um, and so it's a personal <laughs> choice i'm personally a pass uh or no i didn't want to oh spin you guys God. i'm a player <laughs> apologies i'm a player you see, the conversation was like that i would make you pay oh, yeah. my God. oh man i'm i yeah <laughs> Some subtle misdirection from Mike. No, I'm a play. I've done that. I've done that in the past and for against, but not not here. I'm um, just like, uh, uh, yeah, it's so funny. That's exactly right. It's like everything Eric said was true, but I liked it, so I'm still playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that that's you know, I think there's some things where it's like, oh no, I actually think I'm right here. And in this case, I was like, you know what? There's a definite taste thing, and I'm not. I can't push it too no hard, accounting right? For because it. like some people are just gonna like this style, and some people just aren't. And so I think uh if, if over and it was a wizard f- using this, like, dude, if we were fucking wizards absolutely i'd be 100 percent in play <laughs> if um, you could like literally kill some of these people by like saying a word <laughs> of death like in harry potter honestly, which I mean, they allude to in the game yeah, actually oh really so much, but, like part of the story is that there is like a magic word that like you can kill with sort of yeah uh, and it, it was also kind of weird. I mean, <laughs> I know we're going to do it, but like, as the story goes on, it becomes clear that like, the way that they fight wars in this game is also through conversation. So, yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, very oh, weird. Very um, so maybe we just haven't grinded enough to get to the wizardry. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm getting, yeah, Eric, you should have stuck with it. Uh, it doesn't get any more fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hate it and not enjoy it, but you should do it anyway. Which is honestly the JRPG way. I'm not having any fun. Somehow I love this so much. (laughs) All right. Our next game is Cannon Father by Two Scoop Studio, a 2D casual pixel art single player action survival roguelike. Description, it's every retired pirate father's nightmare, a never-ending onslaught of enemies from your past hell-bent on destroying your future. An explosive adventure where you'll find yourself uh, shooting, disintegrating, and flattening invaders all the while treasure hunting, buying upgrades, and protecting your island home. Um, yeah, so this is a, a, a pretty straightforward, uh, like the description, you're like a pirate, you wake up, and then you start getting attacked pretty quickly. 
Uh, it's a two-handed game, uh, so you're kind of like running around shooting folks and just trying to stay alive. Uh, then it becomes nighttime, uh, or at the I think like it, like a night or the next daybreak is when uh, everyone goes away. So you're just trying to stay alive for as long as possible. Um, it's it's fun. It's cool. You are sort of just moving and grooving. The controls are really responsive, and the pixel art's really sweet. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, I I really wanted to 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 like this game. Uh, I'm a big fan of of pirate themed things. Uh, <laughs> Alex, your boy Sid Meier's got a game called Pirates! Exclamation point that right. you need to check out. Super fun game. Um, sea shanties are all the rage on TikTok right now, so it oh, seemed yeah. very yeah. au courant. Um, it is a very uh, it seemed like a thing that I would be very much into. But um, can we get can we get real? Can we stop being friends and start getting real here? Are you uh, ready for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, one thing I didn't get into is the, the, the games that I, uh, I picked and played as a kid. I uh, had a stroke as a child, and so I uh, have limited mobility in one of my hands, which makes some games impossible or very difficult to play Hmm. unfortunately this game fits in that category um there's a whole world of game accessibility i think a lot of um i think it's worth talking about i think a lot of uh, studios particularly big studios have invested a lot of time and money in making their games accessible Hmm. i don't think that i would ask an independent company like this one to um to make it uh, like something like Naughty Dog, who's really terrific at it, um, to make changes to their game like that. But I, one, but this game being, you know, a pretty simple top-down game, you know, eight-bit, very very similar to um, a lot of games from the '80s and '90s. So for me, because like you mentioned, Alex, this is a two-hander. I play all my video games with one hand. I some mobility in the other hand, where I can press like one button. Um, but what this game doesn't do is it doesn't even give you a controls option. You can't even see what the uh, controls to like are. You remap anything. Exactly a remap. And I again, I'm not a computer programmer. I'm not a I'm not a game designer. But I know back in two like 1994, the games I was playing then, all of them had had a button remap. Mm-hmm. Like if they made this game where instead of it was the arrows, they made it where it was a YGHB, which a lot of those were for up, down, left, right. I'd be able to play this game fine. Um, but, and, and so it's not something they considered. I don't know if it's something that I can deserve for them to consider, but I played it a few times. I tried like 15 times. And if you lose 15 times in a row, uh, you get a little message that says you might be the worst pirate ever. Oh no. Oh Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. Right. So like, uh, those guys were being very sensitive. Um, put in a, put in some button mapping. Wow. So so put in some button mapping, you guys, if you could. Um, I don't know how difficult that is, but I know they it exists. Um, and, and I know the challenge of 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 this is like for deaf people, like that's a whole thing that games need to consider, or for visually impaired people, that's another thing. So they can't solve everybody's problems just because accessibility is such a a moving target. Um, but I think button mapping actually would help a lot of people, not just me. Um, so I sure. encourage all game game designers to include it. You said that there's a, a company that is particularly good. Yeah, Naughty Dog. So they make Last of Us and um, Drake's Fortune and games like that. They like from the very beginning have like 
you can like like if it's a chase like if you like if you're dyslexic they've got like a dyslexic mode where you can where you can do that they've got if you're colorblind they'll change the colors of the screen um if chasing is a challenge for you because of you know, a visually impairment where you have trouble seeing things moving quickly, they'll slow stuff down when it gets to a chase scene. Um, so they've been very good. I wouldn't ask everybody to do that, but it is something that I think game designers, particularly big game designers, are thinking about these days. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of first-person shooters are unplayable. I mean, like for a game like this, yes, I probably could get like a controller that I could put into a USB port, but I feel like for a small game, tiny game like this, I shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. They should be. They should have a, a, yeah. a button button mapping. Well, I, you know, I have a controller that I could do that with. I, I tried it. I don't think they've, they've done that option either. As from, from what I could tell, I could be speaking out of turn there because I, I, I don't believe I tried, but it didn't seem like that was an option based on like what I was reading about it. Um, hmm. I mean, Mike, that's like such a, a good and valid point. It's like, yeah, like how can you say that like you really enjoyed this game when you just, you know, you weren't able to play it and it, it like honestly made fun of you. Yeah, I'm sure it was absolutely unintentional on their part, but I guess that's part of the the frustrating thing, I think, for you, I would imagine. It's just like, it's just not even a thing thought about, which, yeah, that's, I know that with uh, Cyberpunk, they had like a, there was like an epileptic thing also issue that was going on on, in terms of all the problems that they had with them. It's not a, it's not a thing that I think about a bunch, so it's cool to hear you talk about it. Just because it's it's definitely not a thing that I have to kind of interact with or even consider when I'm playing a lot of these games. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who like. So there's a couple of blogs you can check. It's like, can I? Like one of them, can I play this game? And like <laughs> they'll like they do reviews of games and like if you have this, if you have this, like yes, yes, no. Um, and so there are a lot of people with much, much more difficult challenges than me. And, but for a lot of people, video games are an, are an escapism for a lot of people, particularly who are very immobile, mm-hmm. they'll play FIFA and they can do whatever they want. Right. And FIFA's very good about, about being, making, making adjustments. Um, and it's something I think that game, game designers should be considering if, if they, if they can, and it's a good look for them at the very least. Oh yeah. 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 Any valuable feedback. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in terms of like playing it, I played for a little bit and had fun. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, and you know, ran around and shot and got bounced back with it. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it's hard not to talk about it and be like, yeah, this game is awesome. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Like, cause, cause I've loved a lot of like top down eight bit games like this. I think the, the, if I can talk about, I think the, the enemies, the different kinds of enemies are really cool. I watched some videos of some people playing with like the different levels of cannon that you can get. Mm-hmm. It all seems like it would be a very fun game. So, I think, get your mapping down. Get your mapping down, boys. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, to, to speak to it, I, I think the, they, they did make a really fun game and the pixel art's very funny and silly and the controls are uh, responsive uh, and you can blow stuff up. I had a lot of fun playing this when I did uh, and you know, pick it up for a little bit. It's something I think I can come back to and have a good time with. Like I, I was like, I really enjoyed this. I think Mike's points are all like totally valid and great. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool to, you know, like, so when we started this podcast, I think it was just sort of like as casual gamers. And I feel like we've had now a few conversations that are just like very eye opening. Uh, and this is definitely 
one of them because it's yeah yeah i don't know as somebody who's like uh who's you know doesn't have to consider that i think sometimes i fall into the trap of like seeing developers kind of make these decisions that are like this is an accessible game and i'm and it's not like i just don't care right like and i don't and now i feel like a dick for not (laughs) caring like i'm a fucking asshole uh i don't think you're an asshole eric yeah i do but for different reasons (laughs) i'm an asshole but (laughs) but you embrace it and that's who you are and that's okay (laughs) well uh why don't we get the, so let's get the final thoughts out here i think that was a, a really good discussion on like uh you know this is this game's fine but it doesn't do like the 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 what it needs to to, to really bring a lot of folks in so while uh f- for that reason I, i'm still a play on this because i think it was uh a fun little romp and having said that like uh you know i would love for them to figure out the mapping so that more folks could play it you know they're yeah. and they're not the only ones who no, like, no, I, yeah. we're not picking on picking on them yeah hopefully they don't feel like unfairly targeted because they absolutely should not feel that way but it would yeah. be that would be nice yeah. yeah uh yeah i had fun with it um in my experience of it it was uh, a play in terms of like running around silly arcade game um but uh figure out your button maps <laughs> i am a i am a i'm your very first not applicable mm. yeah there we go Damn, hell yeah. Because I think it would be a play. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at Yeah. All right. Um, man, not applicable. We need a new sound uh, for that one specifically. <laughs> we, we have like friends say like, uh, you know, different things. You know what I mean? Like, it, it could be like, I like pirates. Play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like pirates, but I half. can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn. Um, uh, Mike wanted to be a pirate. Y'all motherfuckers <laughs> didn't let Mike run around be a pirate. I'm pretty positive I'm about to download Sid Meier's Pirates now. <laughs> so I'm all right. Sid Meier's got, he's got my back. Uh, we were playing Sea of Thieves a bunch uh, early in yes, the court. Sea of Thieves. And having a good time. That game is like very slow and like almost just a hangout game. Like it's like, yes. it's made by Rare. So you're like running around and smacking skeletons and it's super easy. And then every once in a while, you encounter like another group of actual players on like ships and stuff like that. And that's when it gets like, <laughs> like oh no, <laughs> really intense. And yes. like, I like that sort of stuff a ton, even though I'm so yeah. bad at that like PV- PVP kind of stuff. That game though, like you can lose your shit. Like real like you could work real hard to get a great boat and then somebody will come along and just crush you. And you'll have so much treasure and just get I mean the thing is is like when we were really playing it, we had a couple of times where we were able to like totally knock off a ship as they were coming to harbor to like deposit all their treasure (laughs) and like totally sink them and cash in all their treasure for them and that feels so good. And then sometimes doggy dog, man. I love it. It'll happen to you, and you're like, I'm never playing this game again. Like, I, <laughs> I spent three hours just sort of like slowly collecting treasure in my treasure boat, and then somebody showed up and destroyed us. <laughs> uh, speaking of destroying us, the next game is Overland uh, from Finchie, Heather Penn, and Adam Saltzman, a strategy game. Normally, there's mm-hmm. all these qualifiers on uh, the on the spreadsheet we use to keep track of this. It's simply a strategy game, no nothing else. Description: Take care of a group of travelers on a post-apocalyptic road trip across the United States in this turn-based survival game. Fight scary creatures, rescue stranded survivors, and scavenge for supplies like fuels, 
first aid kits and weapons. Decide where to go next, whether it's upgrading this wrecked car or rescuing that dog. Just remember, there are consequences for every action. Get ready for close calls, dramatic escapes, hard choices, arguing about whether or not that dog gets rescued, and the end of the world. Oh my god, this fucking game. Like, right. awesome. Just a truly, like, start to finish, incredible video game. Did you guys finish it? I did, yes. Oh, I didn't. Cool. Uh, I love. Like I was twelve hundred miles. That's how far yeah. I've gone so yeah. far. Which is I mean, still just, like six hours, seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it's. This is a a, a hard but extremely rewarding turn based strategy game. You know, it sort of feels like uh, in the tradition of like XCOM or mm-hmm. uh, you know Mario versus Rabbids or stuff like that. But it plays very differently you you basically like enter individual like environments there's like a couple things going on in it you start as one person in a car um and there the earth has been overrun by these monsters that react to sound and there are different monsters as you progress you see like monsters that do different sorts of things you know are sort of strong different things you have to decide kind of what the goal of what you're trying to get done with on each individual scenario is before you get back in the car and then try to drive away um and the, within that, they have made such a rich tableau of events. It really does feel like when you're playing it, you have to make choices that are, are like reflected in something like, uh, you know, either Last of Us or The Walking Dead. Like you got to leave people behind. Like, yeah. they're going to die. Because <laughs> you only have three seats in that car. Sorry. Yeah. You have to, it's an incredibly rewarding game. And even just sort of like, aesthetically up top it's so great yes. like just the the color scheme they picked and it's the sad post-apocalyptic you know like uh zombie land it's like zombie landish or you know the beginning of walking dead right where but it's just sort of like so sad and like beautiful in that way like it, like it's really you know there's a lot of um games or or like comic books or postmodern sort of art that looks at like the apocalypse and some kind sometimes and like inevitable apocalypse that's coming to us (laughs) i I really love this like art style and aesthetic which seemed to hit like this like equal parts of just like like melancholy and then also sort of like ironic response to the melancholy but not like over the top like there was nobody who was just like oh these fucking goofball things right like all your characters felt like they were in a real like fear for their life right like and that their responses were sometimes like uh maybe that wasn't a good idea but like in it it didn't feel like Marvel. throwing yeah it did, it yeah. wasn't like throwing the concept the conceit under the bus it was yeah. like we're going for we're going for a very specific style and we're going to keep to that and i think that they did such a good job with that right. and then when i realized that like fighting these aliens made more aliens start to respawn i think that that is so great we played um death of the corpse wizard a while ago mm-hmm. and it was like fighting the aliens killed you Right. And so, like, I like the idea of, um, like, an averse effect to some actions that you have. But I think, ba- like, figuring out how to balance those in a way that makes me want to play the game more and make better decisions. They like did combat such- in this game is a like last resort, like, every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's so cool. That feels so cool. The point is not to show up and kill everything. 
It never Because you can't. Yeah. yeah you kill yeah. one, two more takes a play, and it's just like, get around, and then like you're going to have to maybe do this to get out of there. And that's yeah. delightful. Eric, I, I think you made a great point in that this game is has some sadness and some melancholy oh. to it um, because you have to make some tough choices. Uh, for, to that, I think I, I really... I don't play with the sound because the music is also really sad and that will just like get to you. So like <laughs> I played it in like 45 minute, one hour of spurts before I got too sad. <laughs> I'm curious though, guys, we, we criticize um, uh, last word for perhaps being too verbose and being having too much story. Could they have fit more story into this game because there are there are parts of it like after you finish every level and you know the the people you end up with and the car i you end up with could be completely different than mine um but there's not a ton of like why is this happening how is this how is this experience affecting these people you know with a couple of sentences here or there particularly in the interstitial scenes i think they really could have made more of a point or more of a story or, or made me feel about these characters more, which I think would have fleshed it out more. That would be perhaps one of my only major criticisms of this game. So I hear what you're saying uh, like a lot. And I actually think that they didn't go that route on purpose. Like the, like every, from what I can tell, I, maybe it's wrong, but the, each character has a little bit of flavor text. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if that actually impacts what they say sort of in the interstitial scenes or anything like that, or if it's just all completely random, they just have like different personalities get mapped on different things. Or if maybe there are a certain number of characters and they wrote flavor text for each individual one of those. So you, you could potentially get another character on another run through that would be like someone you recognized from before. Having said that, what happened to me is as each of the characters took on, as, as we went throughout it, each of the characters took on specific roles about what I felt like they were good at and what I used them for. And so a story began to emerge. Oh, in your own head. Yeah. Okay. And, and I... there, was, there was one specific character where, um, and also like something that's cool is that sometimes a character will have a badge that means that they have a specific skill set that they can do certain things better than other people. Uh, so you want to use them for certain things. Mm -hmm. And as I went on, so to like speak to the story of my, my specific run, I realized after playing about trying about like three or four times going through that like the real key was to get as many people as you possibly could and upgrade to a van as soon as possible so you could keep on fitting more people into it. Because uh, the more people you have, the quicker you can do the tasks around the various places and then you can get out of there. There's um, a lesson in that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> together as a group. But what happened was I started like picking up more people and I made the tough choice to abandon some folks when I would find someone who had like a skill that this person didn't have. So I bring them on and then abandon them. And then I was left with only one person who didn't have a skill. And we were at a very specific place and I was like, okay, well, you know, everyone else is doing the specific things. I guess I'll send this person to go pick up the stuff from the shed while these people go out and like do all these things that are suited for their tasks. I sent them to pick it up. Everyone else was doing their thing. They ran back and then suddenly the ground opened up underneath them and they disappeared oh, and no. everyone else was like, oh, and ran Whoa. back to the car and then got out of there as fast as possible. And I was oh. like, oh my God, like this oh. is so merged of like this person didn't have the skills to hang anymore so i had them doing what i guess i could but they disappeared and then they fell behind and died it's like that story emerged naturally through gameplay which i think is so it's it's harder to create the conditions to have that happen than it is to be able to tell a compelling story 
on its own. Did did either of you guys end with the with the character you started with? Like, is was there like a? I didn't uh, make it to the end. I, uh, I, this is maybe one of the few games where I have not nearly played as much of this game as I want. It's like, a, it's an investment for sure. Cause like you, like, like, it, like every level there's choices to be made. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it takes your time and takes a couple of, a couple of them will take a couple of playthroughs to like really not get screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I like, I think you're right, Alex. I think that like it, it takes some craft and some skill to make a game where you've uh, reserved enough of the like writing in order to allow the player to interject their own, um, their own like story and narrative or whatever on top of it. And I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, we talked a little bit with Claire about this, about kind of control issues for for game designers and really like wanting to hold your hand and really wanting to sh- t- let you like, you know, tell you what the story is kind of like up top, right? Like a lot of exposition or, or whatever. And sometimes allowing um, some of that narrative stuff, uh, a little bit of space um, allows for the player to kind of like have their own experience with it and, and put their own, world onto it and i know that i do that with games and i love i love being able to fill in the gaps through gameplay and i think that that's super cool it was like this game is uh in terms of the bundle games we've played so far this is like as close to a masterpiece as we've gotten in terms of like just well it's in. the number it's the first one on the list when you when you buy yeah. the bundle it's, it's number uh, one. Oh, is it really yeah, we definitely yeah. advertise this in the bundle this is great. Um, this right, so rightly good. so. Um, did you guys get any dogs in your party? Yeah, I got a little white dog because he yeah. reminded me of my own little white dog. <laughs> <laughs> I got some dogs. Dogs are so cool and can do like a bunch of stuff sort of naturally. They're really, really useful to have. Um, also, I don't want to get into the realm of spoilers too much, uh, but as you start to get to the end of the United States, some bigger things start to happen Ooh. that like they, they don't explain anything, but it's just like it, it changes the gameplay quite a bit, you know, like it, it, so every world is like five or six. You're sort of deciding where to go. You have to decide how much fuel you want to spend to get various places. So there's like a whole rationing survival element too. if you run out of fuel, you stop at a level that has a ton of bad guys that you have to battle to try to get as much fuel as possible. And if you run out of fuel, if and you make it all out of there, like good fucking luck. There's no way you're gonna do it. Like everyone's gonna get out of that thing alive. So, like the, you make so many tough choices. This goes on. Another thing I like that was so wild. But uh, here's the two like spoilers right now for things that happened in my game that like is important to know about. One of the guys who I left behind uh, to do something else was like, oh, thanks guys. And then later on in the game, like maybe two stages later, uh, like full like you know like stages later not just like levels um he showed up and got out of a car and tried to fucking kill me wow and it was like it was at a crucial moment he showed up and he tried to like and it was like he like totally fucked my shit up for a second before i like got it back <laughs> control, but I wasn't for that and, and i was like oh my god what a wonderful surprise in this game but like the pit the in the middle like in my like my stomach when that happened i was like Oh my God, the person I abandoned like is coming back to do this. That was nuts. Another <laughs> time I got to a level I desperately needed gas. 
there was someone else there already collecting the gas at the same time. And oh. I played through one time and they got away with like all the gas and uh, they were like, we can share the gas, can't we? So on and so forth. And then like I restarted the level and then instantly went and like tried to gather the gas like and ahead of him, couldn't do it, restarted the level and killed him and took all his gas. Uh-huh. And then later on, people won't trade with you anymore because Whoa. they know you, they say you're a killer. They're like, Whoa. we don't trade with you. So you have to make a decision in that moment of like, am I a killer who's going to do this thing? Or am I someone who will just go through the suffering of what it is? Um, so, oh my God, so much rich stuff to think about in this, you know, where your choices really do impact how you play this thing. That's rad. I like that a lot. It's a rad game. Very rad game. That's the best word for it. Should we get to last uh, last words? Yeah, sorry to, to spout to vent so much about how much I love this game, but I really yeah. love this game. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm for sure a play on this one. I and I would encourage you if you like strategy games or just you know indie games in general, check this out. This is a really cool, really special game. I'm a play. Yeah, yeah, I I, I too am a play. <laughs> it's a special game. Um, I think you've inspired me. <laughs> Uh, to finish either the playthrough that I'm going through or just to start a brand new playthrough because I don't have a ton of experience with um, these turn-based games. So I think I've screwed myself a few times by like, there's some mechanics of like organizing your car and stuff that like take a while to figure out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to get back into this game. And I think that's that's as high a praise as you can get when there's yeah. 1,365 to choose from. <laughs> yeah, this game is uh, definitely a play for me. I want to get back into it. I want to finish it. Uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. I think it's like a $20 game, but mm-hmm. it's uh, if you got $20 burning a hole in your pocket, this is absolutely a good use of it. It's, You'll get $20 out of play it's for this one fun strategy game all right folks that's a triple play and you know what that means play play, play, play it <laughs> okay i mean uh that's it for the podcast more or less uh mike thank you so much for being a guest um thanks for having me guys it was a blast uh where can folks find you online and, and what do you want to plug uh, plugging my own podcast. It's uh, for or against. You can find us at for or against pod.com or anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, there's a for or against game on there that my friend uh, Mike made. For or against is a podcast of old friends, uh, four new friends. It's four of my oldest friends in the world that I've known for 30 years. Uh, and uh, we argue about things like are adults allowed to drink milk? Um, <laughs> or the Three Stooges ever actually funny? Uh, we talk about the KFC console, so there's some game stuff there as well. Um, <laughs> beer for dogs, all kinds of these really pressing uh, national issues we get to <laughs> we get to talk about and uh, and really really get to the heart of and and it's it's been really fun for me. This wouldn't have happened without the quarantine. Op- um, you know, my friend Mike McFadden, who's who's truly the the brains behind the operation. Um, it had uh, really developed something really, really cool. And, and I'd love for you guys to, to, to be on the show at some point and, and uh, all of you guys to, to give it a listen because uh, I have a ton of fun and, and I hope you have fun listening to it. I'd, I would love that. Are you for or against the Three Stooges? 
Uh, have to, you'll were, have to let, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, this is the answer. I was about to, was about to give it away. <laughs> First taste is free. <laughs> I listen to the podcast all the time when I'm like doing dishes or cleaning the kitchen. It's the perfect thing to put on and like just sort of vibe with for. Yeah, it doesn't time. require your whole attention. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, like it's, it's, it's one of those background podcasts. It's great. I listen every week. Um, well, uh, Mike, we are firmly for you on bundle buddies um <laughs> and we thank you and uh, we'll have bundle buddies. we'll do yeah we'll do four against you guys <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah we gotta, we gotta get on too. i think he'd have a good time playing some games yeah uh mike thanks so much for coming on it was great to meet you thanks thanks yeah talk to you again soon guys That was a great episode of Bundle Buddies. Oh, Alex, I think you and I are getting very good at this. I wholeheartedly agree, Eric. Hmm. Um, our guest next week is Birdwords. Uh, Birdwords is a developer, uh, a game developer, rather, and Twitch streamer uh, who made the bundle game Temple Scramble, which we played with John Thibodeau back in episode seven. Wow, 13 weeks ago. Yeah, quarter of a year. Huh. Hmm. Is 13 weeks really a quarter of a year? A little bit, a little bit more. Holy no. shit. No, right? Nope. 65 no. weeks in a year. Yeah, I, yeah, quarter of a year. That's nuts. I never right? thought about it like that. I hate that. I don't like that. I'm Stop sorry. it. I'm sorry. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> here's, the, here's the games we play next week. Abomination Tower from Adrian Sugden, a procedurally generated 2D single-player platformer uh, that should be played with the controller. Uh, the Quiet Sleep from Why Not Games, a city builder tower defense simulation game. And Nonsense at Nightfall by Siegfried Crows, a 2D Game Boy-style short single-player action adventure, or rather adventure puzzle. Um, that's it. We're excited Sweet. to play those games. We hope you'll join us. Um like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a review there, please. Please. And, uh, track us down on the web uh, at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. We love you. And I love you. I love you, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Honnett and Eric Roth. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi.